Welcome to the Vietnamese Podcast. I'm Kojibent Williams. The Vietnamese Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. In today's episode, Dr. Benedict Savoy, the author of Africa's Struggle for Its Arts, A History of Postcolonial Defeat, unpacks her works and research around Africa's lost arts. She tells me over a million African artifacts and ornaments are in European museum, and she's optimistic that today's adult generation will witness the return of very important pieces of art to the continent. Good morning, and we're coming to you from uh, Kumewu in the Ashanti region, where we've been attending uh, a lecture on Africa's struggle for its arts, and uh, a conversation that was had with the author of Africa's struggle for its arts, history of a post-colonial defeat, Dr. Benedict Savoy, and Professor Nyao Nyako discussed you know in detail what africa can do to trace back and in, in, in fact uh, preserve its culture good morning good morning and good morning how are you? i'm fine how are you good what's your experience like i mean it's your first time in ghana yes it's my first time in ghana and for me ghana has a huge reputation because i have read a lot from the middle age on i saw a lot of these gold country full of uh, yes, gold and art and, and craft and power. And uh, when my feet uh, my, uh, had contact with the <laughs> earth of Ghana at the airport in uh, Accra, I was very moved. Um, not only because the reputation of Ghana in the pre-colonial time, but also because I know uh, how the British destroyed, for example, Kumasi and brought treasures from Kumasi to or looted treasures to the UK and after that they spread it in a lot of European museums. So my field, I'm a professor for art history at the Technical University in Berlin and in Paris at Collège de France and my field is the history of European museums and if you uh, if you deal with the history of uh, European museums, you have a lot of such um, traces of colonial violence. And that's why Ghana is so important. It's one reason. Another reason is I was commissioned with my colleague, uh, Professor for Economics and author Felwin Sarr from Senegal, and now from Duke University in the US. We were commissioned by Emmanuel Macron, the French president, in 2018 to think about how France could give back some of these uh, looted treasures from, the Repu- from Africa, from the former French colonies. And uh, we wrote a report, the so-called Sarsavoy report, in which we advised the president, the French president, to give back not only the object, but also the ownership. That's very important to have the on- ownership of the object and not only the object on circulation or on loan. And this first report uh, had huge consequences. One of them is that the Republic of Benin, a neighbor of Ghana, yes. was able to get back 26 royal treasures from Abomey, who uh, France, the French army, uh, which were looted by the French army in 1892. 
it's, it sounds little, uh, 26 objects, but these 26 objects are 2.5 tons of very important cultural material. So we are now in a time, 2022, where we can say that we had a time before this event with Benin and France, and we will have a time after that. From now on, on it, it seems to be possible for African countries to get back treasures. Benin is the first example, the first example ever uh, since the independence that uh, an African country is able to get back such very important historical symbolical, religious, royal Relics, objects, ornaments, exactly. ornaments, etc. It's the first time. And now Nigeria is very forward in discussions with Germany, for example. The Congo, uh, Kinshasa is in discussions with uh, Belgium. And Ghana uh, should, I think, or is still forming or uh, forming teams in order to engage with the UK to engage with the UK yes okay now uh, we will come to that and we'll come to the nitty-gritty uh, of uh, uh, of your conversation but in your book you, in, in the summary of your book you given uh, a brief of uh, what is it that Africa you know has in a developed world and look at Belgium look at Netherlands and UK in fact in one in, in one paragraph, you had, you, you had mentioned that almost a million worth of ornaments or treasures are in European uh, museums. Let's uh, give us a brief overview of the history uh, of that. Yes, that's very important to know that the historical cultural material heritage from Africa is almost completely in Europe. Almost nothing is in Africa. The USA have interesting objects, but not a lot. And Asia have no old collection from African art. The reason why all this amazing cultural heritage is in Europe is connected with a, a history of colonization. And it's very um, impressive to see how France, the French museums ha have the locked in their museums the colonial the um, cultural heritage from the former French colonies like Mali, Senegal, Cameroon, um, Chad and um, Côte d'Ivoire. These five countries are very 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 uh, well represented in French collections but in Germany you have a collection from the former German collection like Togo, Togoland uh, which is a part of Ghana, but also a lot from Cameroonian, from the Cameroonian heritage. We have uh, 60,000 objects in public museums from Cameroon and only in Germany, without Austria or Switzerland. So it's, it's amazing. If you think that the British Museum hold, held uh, 65,000 objects from all the African continent and Germany, only only Germany, only Cameroon, 60,000, it's a lot. So, and um, in the UK you have objects from the former uh, British colonies, it means Ghana, a lot of 
very important object from Ghana, from Kumasi, who has been uh, looted and, and destructed at the end of the 19th century, um, etc. So the geography of the African collections in Europe is like the geography of the uh, division of Africa in the colonial time. And, and it's very important to know it. And the reason why it was like that is we have a lot of reasons. We have missionaries, religious people, at the very beginning of the colonization, trying to convert the local populations to Protestantism or Catholicism, most of them. And the proof for the success was to let for the missionaries to 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 take the so-called fetishes at that time, the traditional objects for the traditional religions. And at the very beginning, the missionaries distracted these so-called fetishes. But after one decade or two decades, the museums in Europe said, hey, you are crazy, we want to buy uh, this object by you, by missionaries. So the missionaries were, were one group of providers for the museum and they were very close to the population. They were in the villages, they knew the languages, so it was easy for them. The second big group of providers are soldiers, officers, uh, people from the different fr uh, European armies, French army, uh, German Schutztruppe, it's called Schutztruppe, British army. And they had a practice in the 19th and early 20th century to loot objects from uh, fr fr from uh, conquest cities and to um, to have auctions exactly after the battles to um, uh, to uh, I miss a word repartir in French to to share the treasures, the looted art, the trophies into the army. And after that, the officers, the most important people, the most wealthy people in the army, had huge, important collection, and they give them to their kings. It means uh, the Queen of England or the Emperor in France, Napoleon III, or Bismarck, etc. And for them, it was like a business. They had huge African collection. They gave them to the museums in Berlin, Paris, etc. And they get uh, uh, decor um, decorations, medals yeah, for that. Yeah, it yeah. was very important for them. So the armies in the 19th century, in the period of conquest, before the colonial borders were established, were very keen on uh, getting land, getting power, but also getting objects for these reasons. And you have very famous um, plunder actions and destroying destroying actions in from the British army in Ethiopia, uh, in here in Ghana with Kumasi, with the uh, destruction of Kumasi in 1874. The French army was uh, very active in the present Benin with the destruction of Abomey in 1892. The German uh, army was very active with a lot of little, not little, but the, the number is so impressive, of so-called pu uh, Strafexpedition, punitive expeditions, where attacks from uh, to fr uh, of local powers and they took all the objects to Germany, 
Belgium. Belgium is a, is a very impressive and bad example of uh, extracting not only uh, natural resources yes. but also cultural resources. And we can see, we can say now, there were in the 19th century and the early 20th century, a system of not only of uh, uh, natural extraction but also of cultural extraction and the a big difference between cultural goods and natural goods if you think on I don't know palm or palm or bananas they can grow uh, uh, again if you take them away it's yeah. it's uh, it's not fair but they they come again but cultural goods don't come again they are l lost forever okay now uh, in your book you unravel all the things that you're saying and you give you go into uh, uh, detail what uh, has been the history and where we are going and what can be done to if you like uh, uh, preserve some of the uh, the cultures and all of that now uh, from where you sit and from what you did with the French government do you think that the methods and approach uh, being used by government, uh, you know, in Africa, are enough to bring back some of these looted or stolen mm. arts. Working on the Sar Savoy report in 2018 brought a lot of insights. One of them was the experience, the physical experience of the absence of cultural goods in their places of origin, and almost at the same day because we had a night flight their presence in Paris, for example. It's, it's very strange to have this physical experience because normally if you are in the diasporas, if you are in a museum in, in Europe, you see the presence of the object. And if you are an African teenager, you see the absence or you feel the absence. But we had the, we had the privilege to, to, to match the absence and the presence. And it's, very, it's, it's a very strong uh, feeling and experience. Another experience was a political experience, if you want, because we discovered in archives in Paris, in, in London, in Belgium, in Berlin, a lot of documents, of evidence for a first wave of reclamations, of restitution conversations in the after the independences. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, a lot of intellectuals, artists, politicians, museums people in Africa tried to explain to the North we need our cultural heritage in order to design our future. It was like something, the first text of that is from 1965 with the title uh, Rendez-nous l'art nègre by Paulin Joachim. It was in a francophone magazine, very, uh, very famous francophone magazine, Bingo. And he said, we need the, to reconnect to our uh, immaterial heritage, our languages, our religions, our philosophies, etc., our food, our philosophy, the, we would say today the intangible yes. heritage. But we need all the, also our our material heritage and he he was one of the first fighters for that and in the 60s 70s 80s you had a huge mm, a movement here with in Ghana with a very famous uh, filmmaker Ni Kwate Ohu making a film 1917 with the title You Hide Me it was a film in the basement of the British Museum and he showed the all the 
hidden treasures from Ghana, from Africa, not shown and unknown in, uh, in the north. Uh, you had also very famous uh, writers like Wole Soyinka from Nigeria, Nigeria fighting for the restitution. And after, but, and also some politicians in the north. The politi some politicians supported these uh, needs, yeah, these claims, yeah. and these needs from the young African nations. But the museums in Europe in the 70s, 80s, they organized a very, um, how do you, a very strong resistance against uh, the claims and the, 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 the need of Africa having arguments like they have no museums, they have no expertise, they have no, um, they have no uh, interest. They said the population there are not interested in culture, etc., etc. And, and one of the strategies of the Western museums or Northern museums was not to publish the inventories, the lists of objects. So nobody in Germany, for example, Germany is very rich, has more than 20 so-called ethnological museums with African collections. And their strategy was to not to say what they had in order to avoid desire, as they said. So, and after that, in the 80s, when I was a child, when uh, Felwin Sarr was a child, the um, conversation disappeared completely, almost completely, from the... Um, from the newspapers, from TV programs, from etc. And now it's a rebirth of the um, discussion or maybe you can compare it with a boomerang, you know. The museums in the 80s tried to, to throw the boomerang of restitution debates away and now this boomerang is coming back, back with, a, with a lot of, of, of yes, power. The wave and all of them. I think it's... Uh it, it's good that you're shedding more light, you know, with your book. But uh, what would you say should be the approach in terms of people back in Africa? Because uh, obviously, you 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 hear and you listen, and seminars are organized in Europe and Americas. How would you encourage uh, not just the citizens, you know, uh, think tanks and government to make this a part of an? Mm. Uh, uh, you know, a national or local conversation. Yeah. I think it's not my role, it's not my function as a, a French-German scholar to say how African uh, organizations have to deal with that. It's a reason why I think it's important to know the old strategies of the uh, European museums, you know. I think European scholars, colleagues, are also in the diasporas, are uh, very smart, are doing very well right now, if I think... Uh, on um, Benin, the Republic of Benin, with the President Patrice Talon and the Minister for Foreign Affairs Aurélien Agbenonci and the Minister for um, uh, Cultural Affairs um, uh, Jean-Michel Abimbola, they were very, very diplomatic. They had, they, they handled very carefully, okay. but also uh, quickly to have these things back. And I think the situation is different from country to country. In, in, in Benin, it was the president, but you can see in Cameroon a lot of organizations uh, of, of activists, artists, 
but also uh, traditional chiefs in the um, maybe in the grass fields or at the University of Chang in the grass fields doing very important uh, researches about provenances. Where are our material? Uh, we at the Technical University in Berlin have a very important uh, collaboration with Professor Albert Guafo at the University of Chang. And we tried to design an atlas of absence of the Cameroonian patrimony or cultural heritage in Cameroon and their presence, its presence in uh, Germany. And I think the most important thing now for all of us in Europe and here is firstly to have an awareness for this huge cultural heritage from Africa in Europe. Uh, and it's, I think it's an issue to speak about that on social medias, to be aware about that. And that's the first thing. The second thing is to put pressure, to put pressure on your on the governments here, but also on the governments or museums in Europe. So you need pressure groups, but these pressure groups has have to be informed and have to know how the debate was, was in the past, I think. Because the, the, full, the case of Ghana is so clear. In Ghana, in 1974, all the arguments were articulated, all the things were on the table. The negotiation was there and you can find evidence of that in British archives and I'm sure in archives here, in Kumasi for example. And I think it's important to know that in order not to repeat okay. the same but to go forward. It's a huge difference between 1970s, 80s etc. and now is the existence of internet, of social medias, of it's no more it's no more possible to, for European Museum to be intransparent. They have to be transparent because the information is circulating. You have leaks of information, etc. The pressure is there, and I would say the youth here. My impression from Cotonou when I was when I went to the opening of this huge, beautiful exhibition of the uh, recovered uh, royal treasures from Abomey. My impression was that the population in, in Benin in, and in the city of Cotonou, but in whole Benin, is very interested in their heritage. Uh, I saw a lot of young people doing selfies with old gods, etc. And it's, it's amazing. It's a, a, a huge interest. In, in Benin, in Cotonou, they had, I've heard that they had 175,000 visitors in only three months in this exhibition of the returned objects. And I can't imagine that the population in Ghana or in Côte d'Ivoire or in Nigeria are not interested. I think this stereotype of they are not interested is something we, we heard a lot about that in the last decade, but it's only, only a strategy in order to avoid Restitutions, exactly. Now, finally, uh, what would be your advice uh, to, based on your travels, uh, not just to Africans, but what uh, the kind of uh, importance we place on uh, museums and culture? Museums and culture are not divorceable, separable from the uh, from <laughs> for from our. Identities, they are twins, and if you are traveling around, it's, 
it's almost a normal thing to, to, to get information about the country where you are. And so museums are, I think, the first place to inform uh, tourists, but also scholars, but also uh, young people in Africa about themselves and other cultures if you have the luck to be able to travel. And for me, it's, it's an evidence that uh, in the next decades we will have a, a boom, a huge boom, uh, a huge uh, explosion of museums, etc. The, in, on the African continent, the evolution is still there. We have the new museum, the Musée des Civilisations Noires, a museum for black civilization in Dakar, a new museum in Kinshasa. In South Africa, you have Tsaïs Moka Museum. Okay, it's a private museum, but it's very important for the tourism and for tourists and uh, for the people there. And uh, here in Ghana, the National Museum was reopened 10 uh, days ago. It's a very important sign, signal. And uh, I'm very optimistic, I have to say, about uh, our momentum now. I'm pretty sure that we, our generation of adults of today, we will witness the return of very important pieces of uh, the pre-colonial time in Africa. Dr. Benedict Savoy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.